the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To the greatest gift ever given. I'll also be telling some other powerful stories of hope. The story of Eric Little, the man who came to be known as the Flying Scotsman, the man we all came to know through the movie Chariots of Fire. But interestingly enough, it's what happened after that Olympics of 1942 that most showed Eric Little's wonderful, hopeful spirit. You'll hear the story of one very sick little girl and a poem her father wrote to bring her hope. Then there's the story of William, a man I knew who had the simple mind of a child, but a spirit of hope that we can all learn from. Finally, you'll hear the story of a blind man who searched for hope in one place and found it, amazingly, somewhere completely different. It's a wonderful program that'll make you remember and laugh and cry and, most of all, give you hope. And speaking of hope, allow me one personal word here. You will never know how much your love and support for my programs inspires me. So often I'll receive a letter, an email, a kind word, all words of encouragement telling me how you appreciate these programs. A few years ago, after my Christmas program, I received an email from a law officer in Minnesota. He had happened upon my program while on his way to the store on Christmas Day. He told me how he had heard one story, and when he heard that story, it grabbed his heart, brought him to tears, and that story completely changed his family's Christmas celebration that day. What a wonderful inspiration that was to me. Words from the lonely, the sick, the suffering. You think that I'm inspiring you? You'll never know what a great inspiration you are to me. I've surely seen plenty of hardship and difficulty in my life, but God has given me two very special gifts of love. First, the wonderful assurance that no matter how deep in that hole I may find myself, He is there. God is there. To think that someone so big is willing to become so, so small absolutely astounds me. I thank God for His faithfulness. And second, support of others just like you. And this I say with all my heart. Thank you. Thank you for the hope you give me. So before we get into the program, let's look at a little Christmas trivia. How about this one? Each year at Christmas, over 3 billion Christmas cards are sent just here in the United States alone. And here's one side note about our postal services. From the time our postal service started in 1776 until 1863, all postal services in the United States, all mail was free. Wow. And get this. Christmas was once illegal in England, 
and in 1643, in America, the Puritans outlawed all Christmas celebrations. But why, you say, why did they outlaw Christmas celebrations? Well, they said that Christmas should be a solemn time to reflect on the act of God sending the Christ child, not a time of what they called mad mirth, drunkenness, and foolish celebration. Hmm, maybe they weren't so wrong. And speaking of celebrations, if you're planning to go to church or mass after your celebration, are you feeling a little drowsy? Best you hear this one. In some of our original American church services, it was not acceptable to doze off during the sermon. So the pilgrims in Massachusetts devised a special tool sure to keep you awake. They took a long pole, tied to it a length of string, and on the end, a wooden ball. Now, if anyone went to sleep during the sermon, and get this, the sermons could sometimes last as long as six to seven hours. If you fell asleep in the service, a specially appointed leader of the church would hoist the pole up over your head and clop you on the head with that ball. Ouch. And how about this one? When you place your holly wreath on your front door, ever wonder where that idea came from? Well, the custom of using Christmas wreaths can be traced back to a belief that the crown of thorns placed on the head of Christ when he was crucified, that that original crown of thorns was made from the holly, so that when the holly wreaths were hung, it was a reminder of Christ's great sacrifice. Gives it an all-new meaning, doesn't it? But one thing for sure, Christmas is a time of great celebration, of wonderful feasting, and of hope. But hope for what? And where does our hope, where should our hope come from? I'm taking a break now, but when we return, I'll tell you a strange story of a man who wrote a famous poem, but refused to admit his authorship of that poem. You'll also hear the story of one very fast runner who refused to run on Sundays. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages. Stand by for a special program offer. Did my childhood story of receiving that new bicycle on Christmas bring back a lot of memories? It did for me. I don't know about you, but I long for the days past when my biggest concern was what I was going to receive for Christmas. Things are certainly a lot different today, aren't they? And what we need is hope, real hope. We all need hope. And today's program will give you hope. So I'm making this special offer. Buy today's program, The Hope of Christmas, for just $19.95, and you'll receive all this. This full-length program in CD and a second of my full-length Christmas specials full of stories, The Christmas Wish. But there's more. I'll also, with this order, send you my book, Saving America. I'll even autograph the book if you like. And all of this for just nineteen dollars plus $5 shipping and handling. So how do you place your order? Call my customer order line right now at 1-817-576-2976. Or you can order online by going to www.onemomentinamerica.com. So let's repeat this order. First, 
a copy of today's Christmas special, The Hope of Christmas. And second, another Christmas program, The Christmas Wish, and a copy of my book, Saving America. All for just nineteen ninety five plus five dollars shipping and handling. So call now at eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six or go online at www.onemomentinamerica.com. That number again eight one seven five Faith Talk five seventy WTBN. What I love about First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy is that it's, it is a school in the sense that they have academics, but more so it's a family. And that family is growing with VPK on the way. I love VPK. With free VPK in 2018 at First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy, your preschooler will get a head start on reading, writing, and more in a Christian environment. I chose this school because it was a quality school at an affordable price keep my kids here because of the teachers. When you get text messages from your kids' teachers, checking to make sure they're okay and seeing how they're doing, if they're not there, you can't get that just anywhere. First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy offering VPK for the 2018-2019 school year. Enrollment begins in January. It's all here. First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy. From birth through 8th grade. Learn more at fbbca.org. That's fbbca.org. They have it all. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. It was Christmas Eve, 1822, and in the Moore House, it was anything but a joyful Christmas Eve. A six-year-old girl, her name was Charity, lay in her bed, deathly sick with tuberculosis. As she lay there, deathly sick, Charity had but one request, to hear a new story from her father for Christmas. Her father was a great one for stories, and she always loved to hear a new one. So, on that Christmas Eve, 1822, her father, Clement Moore, sought to compose for his daughter a new Christmas story in the form of a poem. But just what should he write about? He wanted the story to be one that would bring joy to his little girl. And then he remembered that during a recent trip to his town, he had heard a local woodcutter telling some children a story about a man in Denmark named St. Nicholas. So this inspired Clement Moore to write a story he called A Visit from St. Nicholas. He worked frantically through the night to finish the story, and when he finished, he rushed to tell the story to his sick daughter. And to his great pleasure, she loved the story. It started like this. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Sound familiar? Of course it does. It's perhaps the most popular Christmas poem in the world, which has been listened to and enjoyed by hundreds of millions of children for almost 200 years, including us. But there's something different. It's the poem's title. We don't know this poem by the title, A Visit from St. Nicholas. The poem title is, Twas the Night Before Christmas. But there's a very interesting story behind this poem. After Clement Moore's daughter recovered from her sickness, all of Moore's family greatly urged him to write the poem down and send it in for publication. But Moore refused. So, in 1823, a cousin of his secretly wrote down the poem and sent it anonymously to a newspaper, hoping that if the newspaper published the poem, 
then Clement Moore would be forced to take credit as the author. Well, as you can only imagine, the newspaper publishers loved the poem, and they published the poem in their paper that Christmas, 1823. And the public responded with such an overwhelming love for the poem that for the next 25 years, faithfully every year, the newspaper published the poem, and it spread all around the world. But its author was never known. But did he ever divulge the fact that he was the author? No. Even though that poem was published around the world, he never took credit. And get this, he never received a dime's pay for his masterpiece. And the world never knew the poem's author until he died. But you say, just why did Clement Moore not want his authorship of this beloved poem to be revealed? Well, here's the reason. Clement Moore was a renowned scholar and professor at Columbia University. He was a brilliant man, but he wanted to be known for his academic excellence, not a simple children's poem. Amazing. And isn't it a strange and interesting twist of fate that today no one really knows Clement Moore for his excellent work in the study of ancient languages, but instead he is remembered by everyone for a simple Christmas poem he wrote for his sick and ailing child. Very strange, the twists and turns of life. And speaking of strange twists, listen to this story. It was in 1981 when a movie came to the screen about a man none of us had ever heard of. The name of the movie was Chariots of Fire. It was about a man, Eric Little, and what happened at the 1924 Summer Olympics in which he competed. But actually, the power of Eric Little's story was not so much about what he did on the track, but more about how he conducted himself in his daily walk. Eric was born in 1902 in China to a missionary couple serving there in China. And after spending part of his youth in China, his parents sent him and his brother back to England to attend school. And Eric immediately became recognized as an excellent athlete, and even more importantly, as an excellent person. In his teen years, Eric began running track and soon became known as the fastest runner in Scotland. And since no one from Scotland had ever won an Olympic gold medal, the people of Scotland grew ever so hopeful. But it didn't seem to bother or concern Eric. He just liked to run. Well, in the summer of 1924, he did make the Olympic tryouts and he went to Paris representing Scotland. But there was one big problem. Eric was a Christian. And he strongly believed that God did not want him to run on Sundays. So when he found out that his best chance to win the 100-meter race was on a Sunday, he realized that he could not run and his mind could not be changed. So to the disappointment of so many, Eric Little withdrew from the race. But he had one other chance, the 400-meter race. It was not his best event, and no one expected him to win. But as he prepared to start the race, he was handed a note. Eric read the note and clutched it tightly in his hands. He ran the entire race with that note, and unbelievably, he won the race and set a new world record. What did the note say? It was a Bible scripture, 1 Samuel 2.30, a promise from God. It said, those who honor me, I will honor. Eric had honored God with his difficult stand to not run on Sunday, and God honored him. 
Wow, what a story. But that's not where the story ends. Eric went on to run many more important races. For some time, he was known as the fastest man in the world. But amazingly, his heart was not in his own fame or glory. His heart was in the hope of Christ. So Eric Little gave up all of that, and he returned to China in 1925 and served there as a missionary until 1943. And in 1941, as the Japanese fought to take that country of China over, life became so dangerous that all missionaries were encouraged to leave. But Eric Little stayed to continue in his gospel work. But times became so hard there with so much death and suffering, some would wonder how he could stay. But the same courage and determination and steadfastness he had shown at the Olympics that year in 1924 helped Eric hold up to all that came and his light did shine. He finally ended up in a Japanese internment camp, but he continued his work of hope. This brutal prison camp came to be known as the Courtyard of the Happy Way, and those who came to know Eric were amazed. Well, sadly, in 1945, at only age 43, Eric Little, while still in that Japanese internment camp, was discovered to have an inoperable brain tumor. And that, together with his overwork and malnutrition, caused him to die on February the 21st, 1945. When Eric died, one fellow intern said the entire camp was stunned for days. So great was the vacuum that Eric's death had left. You know, on rare and special occasions, we come across someone, a special someone, whose life and walk are so powerful, they give us hope. I'm taking a break now, but when I return, you'll hear the story of one man. His name is William, a man with the mind of a young child, but perhaps the most powerful, hopeful witness I have ever known. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special Christmas program after these messages. Talk 570, WTBN. Self-checkout seems convenient, but the store is the big winner. They save tons of money on labor, but you pay the same price. Sound fair to you? With Mr. Sparky, if you request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, we'll knock 40 bucks off the cost of our basic service call. That's right. Request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, and the service call is only $19. And I understand there's a new jingle? Problems with electric, something's wrong. Click MrSparkyFlorida.com. Uh, yeah, we'll work on that. Praise the Lord. I'm Sharon Knotts inviting you to join me and my dad, R.G. Hardy, on the Sound of Faith weekdays at 9 p.m. on WTBN. Friends, if you're drawn to inspirational preaching, informative, in-depth teaching, and biblical answers to current issues under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then Sound of Faith is perfect for you. Because we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Weekdays at 9 p.m. on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. 
Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel, just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who will make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. Dear Jesus, it was a good thing that you were born at night because this world seems dark sometimes. The whole world seems on edge, kind of mad and dark. Lord Jesus, you entered the dark world of your day. This Christmas, please enter ours. We're looking for our star. Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. And now we return to the hope of Christmas. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. Have you ever known someone that just by knowing them, they make you a better person? I've had a few in my life, and one of these was a man named William. I was a young man in my early 20s, and William was probably about 45. I met him at a church where I worked. William was severely handicapped. He had the mind of a young child. He'd never held a job, and he still lived with his elderly mother. Now, William was an odd sort of guy, kind of funny looking, wore his pants way too high. He was friendly enough, but he wasn't the kind of guy that would just come right up and talk to you. He'd sort of sneak up from behind. You'd be doing something, and all of a sudden, you'd feel somebody standing behind you, and there would be William. After I'd worked at the church for a few months, we had a new member come. Her name was Evelyn. She, too, was handicapped, and she suffered from severe epilepsy. Well, from the first moment William saw her, he was in love with Evelyn, and he immediately made a pest of himself. No matter how hard Evelyn tried to get away, there he was. So every time you saw William, he was standing beside Evelyn with her swinging her arms, telling him to get away. But he wouldn't. He was always there to open the door for her, get her coat, pull out her chair, but she wanted nothing to do with him. And then finally, one Sunday morning during the church service, I couldn't believe my eyes. There they were, holding hands. Later, I sensed someone standing beside me. I turned around, and there was William. He said, Jerry, I want to show you something. And he carefully pulled from his shirt pocket a snapshot of Evelyn. He said, This is Evelyn. She's my girl. He was so proud. And then he carefully slipped the picture back into his pocket and walked away. A few months went by. Then one night the church pastor pulled me to the side and said there was a problem. William and Evelyn wanted to get married. They had approached their parents for permission, but their request had been denied. Then 
Early one morning, I received a phone call from the pastor. He told me that the night before, while Evelyn was at home, she had had one of her epileptic seizures, a really bad one, and before the ambulance could get her to the hospital, she had died. All I could think about was William. Just how many disappointments can one person have in their lifetime and not finally just give up? At the funeral, I was asked to be a pallbearer, and as we carried the casket into the service, William was allowed to walk alongside, his hand gently resting on the casket, and every few steps, he would give it a soft touch as if to say, Evelyn, it's William. Don't be afraid. I'm here. As we walked, I noticed something was pinned to William's shirt. It was the snapshot of Evelyn. He had clumsily pinned it to the outside of his shirt pocket for all to see. Evelyn was his girl. Well, that next week, William was very quiet. We all tried to comfort him, but there really wasn't much we could do but pray for him. He looked so alone without Evelyn. A few weeks passed, and then one night, as I was loading up the church van, I felt someone standing behind me. It was William. He said, Jerry, I want to show you something. And he carefully reached into his shirt pocket and pulled out the picture of Evelyn. He said, This is Evelyn. She's my girl. But Jerry, she's dead. And then he looked right into my eyes and a gentle smile came on his face. But I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not sad. I'm thankful, because now she's with Jesus, and she's not sick anymore. And someday, someday, I'll see Evelyn again in heaven. And maybe then God will let us be married. Then, without another word, William, ever so softly, slipped the picture back into his shirt pocket and walked away. I stepped out into the darkness, and I cried. I thought to myself, here's a man who's so severely retarded that he can't hold a job. He can't live by himself. He can't even get married. But in just a few simple words, he had taught me all I would ever need to know about hope. Although William had every reason to be angry and frustrated because of all the things he didn't have, instead, he chose to have hope, a wonderful hope and assurance that someday God would make everything right. And you know, most people would never notice what a blessed man he really was. You see, William had that very special gift, the hope of Christmas. What is your hope today? Where is your hope today? I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back with more of this special program after these messages. Stand by for a special program offer. The story of William is perhaps the most powerful story of true hope I have ever heard. Why? Because his hope was not in a place but in a person, the Christ child. I don't know about you, but I long for the days past when my biggest concern was what I was going to receive for Christmas. Things are certainly a lot different today, aren't they? And what we need is hope. 
real hope. We all need hope. So I'm making this special offer. Buy today's program, The Hope of Christmas, for just $19.95, and you'll receive all this. This full-length program in CD and a second of my full-length Christmas specials full of stories, The Christmas Wish. But there's more. I'll also, with this order, send you my book, Saving America. I'll even autograph the book if you like. And all of this for just $19.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. So, How do you place your order? Call my customer order line right now at 1-817-576-2976. Or you can order online by going to www.onemomentinamerica.com. So let's repeat this order. First, a copy of today's Christmas special, The Hope of Christmas. And second, another Christmas program, The Christmas Wish. And a copy of my book, Saving America, all for just nineteen ninety five plus five dollars shipping and handling. So call now at eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six or go online at www.onemomentinamerica.com. That number again eight one seven five seven six two nine seven six. Thanks so much and have. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. If you live in the Northeast or Midwest, you really did have a white Christmas this year. The bad news is that there's a blizzard in some parts of New England, bitter cold in much of the upper Midwest. A band of states from eastern Montana and the Dakotas to Wisconsin were expecting wind chill temperatures in some places at 30 or 40 degrees below zero. A blizzard warning was issued for today in parts of Maine. The weather service there said traveling would be what it called dangerous to impossible. The White House has President Trump celebrating Christmas like millions of Americans surrounded by family, the president spending the holiday at his estate and private club in Palm Beach, Florida. Earlier, the White House released his pre-recorded Christmas uh, comments along with wife Melania and the rest of the family. And he also talked about the biblical account of Christmas, saying it's the basis for our hope and joy on this day. This is SRN News. Lives are being changed through the ministry of Heart for Lebanon. I thank Heart for Lebanon because he learned me about Jesus. Jesus changed me for best. I love Jesus so much. Thank you for bringing hope to refugee kids this Christmas. Call 877-873-0190 or go online to letstalkfaith.com. This is Specialist Everett Williams stationed with the 2nd Infantry Division, Rock U.S. Combined Division in Camp Casey, Korea. I want to wish my family and friends in Tampa, Florida, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. From the 31st Mu Command Element S2 in Okinawa, Japan, we would like to wish our family and friends a Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thankful for those who serve in partnership with Hungry Howie's Flavored Crust Pizza. Faith Talk 570. This is Albert Mogler for townhall.com. Tis the season for Christmas carols. And one of the most beautiful of our carols asks the most important question of all. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Christmas demands an answer to that question. Even with all the fanfare and frantic activity this season, that question remains. Even though commercialism and secularism and political correctness try to push the question aside, the question still stands. In the stillness of a winter's night, the question rings out loudly and insistently. Who is this child? 
you know the carol's answer. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. That is the true answer to the question. The baby is Christ the King. May you know and celebrate the full joy of Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm Albert Moeller. For daily commentary, news, interviews, and the Town Hall Review weekend program from Voices You Trust, go to townhallreview.com. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-340-5765. 1-800-340-5765. That's 1-800-340-5765. Faith Talk 570. WTBN. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. You know, during Christmas time, after we get past the shopping and the rushing and the scurrying around, for me, Christmas is always a sort of peaceful time. And when we stop and look at the manger scene with the baby Jesus, the Christ child, lying in the manger with his mother, Mary, and Joseph, all the animals and angels, it all looks very peaceful, doesn't it? The truth is, that whole scene can actually cause us to lose sight, to forget why the Christ child really came, and how perilous the times were when he came. You see, the Jewish people of that day, their country was not their own. The Roman government ruled over them. In fact, they ruled over the world. But they had a hope. They had been promised in God's Word, delivered to them by the prophets. They had the powerful hope and assurance that God would one day send them a great and glorious king, and he would set them free. Now understand what they imagined in their own thinking. They believed that a person would rise up among them and be their Messiah, their Savior, and that this Savior would save them physically, rise up, raise up an army, and drive out the Romans. They would be free. So, as the Jewish people continued after so many years to be captives in their own country, they waited for this king of the Jews. They were a people in hard and difficult times, and all they had was hope. But how could they know that their thinking, their hoping, their expectations of the hope to come, the hope was all wrong? It wasn't about a physical kingdom, a literal king of the Jewish nation. It was a spiritual savior coming to save the world from their sins. So imagine how we in America would feel today if everything we worked for, imagine if all these things were taken from us, controlled by someone else, a foreign enemy, controlling all we did. This was the country of the Jewish people in that day. It's safe to say hardly anyone today hasn't heard the story of that first Christmas. 
of a young girl. Her name was Mary. How she had been visited by an angel telling her that she would bear a child. Now, Mary was a virgin. How could she have a child? Even though she was engaged to be married to a man, Joseph, she did not know him. The angel explained, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and your child, Jesus, will be the Son of God. Some would wonder how Mary could understand all this, but amazingly, she simply said, Let it be to me according to your word. And of course, there was Joseph. To find out his future wife was carrying a child, what should he do? But Joseph was a godly man, and when he was visited by an angel in a dream and told the miraculous story, he too sought the will of God. But how did Mary and Joseph end up in Bethlehem? Why did they go to Bethlehem so close to her birth? Well, amazingly, this was part of God's plan. You see, long before it had been prophesied that this king, this savior, would be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. And God used the Roman government to perfect his will. It was decreed by the Roman emperor that each family had to be taxed. And to make a proper census, each family had to go back to the city of their ancestors to be counted. And Joseph was from the family line of David. So he and Mary were forced to go to Bethlehem at that time. Now think about it. Think about how the events of the world were being played out by people by a government which had no real interest in God, but God used them to perfect His will. Shouldn't that be a great encouragement to us today, that God's will in this world is more powerful than any other force? Well, we know what happened. Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem just at Mary's time of delivering her child. The city was crowded. There were no rooms, so they ended up in a cold and dirty barn. Had God made a mistake? Had he not made his proper reservation? Not at all. You see, it was all intended to be a powerful message to us by God that he doesn't care about palaces or mansions. He has no interest in dwelling in castles or cathedrals. Where God really wants to live is in our hearts. And who did God invite to that first birthday party? Kings? Dignitaries? No, shepherds, the social outcasts of their day. But why? Once again, to make it clear to all, God had sent His Son, His only Son, this precious holy child to earth for all mankind. And 30 years later, when that Christ child, Jesus Christ, died on that cruel cross for the sins of all mankind. He was dying for us all. But here we are today. Times are hard. Our circumstances are perilous. Where is our hope? Who is our hope? One very popular song we all sing is an old-time favorite, O Holy Night. And in that song, the author speaks of a world pining, longing for a time to come, a new chance to have all the weight and disappointment and sin lifted off. It talks of a hope. Do you feel that way today? Do you look at your circumstance and feel a hopelessness inside? But then the song says, He appeared, and the weary world rejoiced. There was a great thrill of hope. Why? For yonder breaks a new and glorious 
mourn. The story is told of a father after a long day of work at home, trying to relax, trying to read a magazine after his weary day. But his little girl was working on a school project. She was studying the different states of our country and where they were all located. So she kept asking questions. And finally, the father happened across a U.S. map in a magazine. He cut out the page. He carefully cut out the states into pieces like a puzzle and gave the pieces to his child. He said, go now, put the states together. And as she ran off to the other room, he thought, that should take a while. But to his amazement, in only a few minutes, she was back. She had taped all the states back together in their right place. And he was amazed. How had she been able to do it? Daddy, she said, it was simple. On the back of the page you gave me was a picture, a picture of Jesus. I just put together the face of Jesus. And when Jesus was all in place where he belonged, then our country just came together. Where is our hope? Who is our hope? Jesus, the Christ child. I'm Jerry Stewart. I'll be back in a moment with some final thoughts. Stand by for a special program offer. Buy today's program, The Hope of Christmas, for just $19.95 and you'll receive all this. This full-length program in CD and a second of my full-length Christmas specials, The Christmas Wish. I'll also, with this order, send you my book, Saving America. And all of this for just $19.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. So how do you place your order? Call my customer order line at 1-817-576-2976. Or you can order online by going to www.onemomentinamerica.com. All for just $19.95 plus $5 shipping and handling. So call now at 817-576-2976 or go online at www.onemomentinamerica.com. Thanks so much and have a Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. The holidays bring families together. We help keep them together. Would you partner with us here at the end of the year to help us reach and strengthen even more families? Your tax-deductible gift will help Focus increase its impact in your life and with others. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. 
800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Every three minutes, another person falls further into credit card debt. Many credit card companies have nearly doubled their minimum monthly payment. People can barely afford to keep up. Here's the great news. With our powerful program, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. We are a nationwide nonprofit and have helped over 600,000 people with their credit cards. Get free of credit card debt today. Call 800-495-1307. That's 800-495-1307. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas program. I'm Jerry Stewart. Today is Christmas Day, a day of remembering that first bike, that first time together with that special someone, a day of wonderful memories of Christmas past and great hope of Christmas future. But today, this day, you may be saying there appears to be little hope, or even worse, there is no hope. And I, like you, can speak of difficult circumstances. But as I say that, I must ask you, where is your hope? Is our hope to be based on those things we can touch and see and hold? Is my life to be measured by possessions, by position, by my circumstance? Perhaps one of the most meaningful songs to me is a song that speaks to the love of God, a love that will not let me go was written by George Matheson. George Matheson was a bright boy, an excellent student, but sadly, a young man losing his sight. Born in Glasgow, Scotland in 1842, George had so much he aspired to do, but his failing sight caused so many of his great dreams to be set aside. He studied at the University of Glasgow, and even though at age 20 he became completely blind, he went on to study at the seminary and become a pastor of one of the largest churches in Scotland. He had great opportunities, and he had something else, a wonderful romance and someone who loved him, he thought. Because as a young man preparing for a wonderful life together with a girl he so loved, sadly, One day she came to him and told him that they could not be married. She could not spend her life living with a blind man. George's heart was broken. He truly did not know if he could go on. But amidst all of his pain and anguish and hurt, George Matheson was reminded of a Bible scripture which asks the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The answer, nothing. Not death, nor life, nor things present or things to come, not height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from God's love. And despite all of his loss and sorrow, George Matheson wrote these words, O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. And those words have been a reminder to millions since not to lose hope. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, a promise was fulfilled by God that He would not leave us, He would not forsake us, He would make a way to Him. That way is the Christ child. And today... If you feel like all hope is gone, look 
to the cross. Oh, love that will not let you go. Well, that's all the show for today. Have a blessed, special Christmas day. And don't forget to thank God for our greatest gift, the Christ child. I'm Jerry Stewart saying goodbye for now. May God bless you and may God bless America. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. Jesus does not want to be the most important part of your life. Jesus wants to be your life. He wants all of who you are. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570, online at letstalkfaith.com. From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now, here is America's number one syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas. Happy Christmas, as they say in Ireland and the U.K. I hope you're enjoying time with family and friends. If you're alone, widowed, or broke, maybe it won't be the kind of Christmas you remember when you were a kid. Regardless, this life is not all there is. Jesus came down to us so we might go up to him. He condescended in order that we might ascend. He rescued us from a condition from which we could never rescue ourselves. Today we accumulate more stuff that will either wear out, will outgrow, take back in exchange for something else, or eventually wind up in storage. Jesus gives a gift that will experience none of these. Salvation doesn't wear out or be forgotten. And for what could we exchange it? There's nothing of greater value than the Christ. As you eat, open gifts, and play, be sure to thank God for the unspeakable gift, the gift of His Son, who allows those who have received Him to be called children of God. As the old Christmas carol goes, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. Merry Christmas. I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary and other information, visit calthomas.com or send a written request mentioning the date and subject to Values Through Media, Post Office Box 7065, Arlington, Virginia, 22207. Tax-deductible gifts support these commentaries and are appreciated. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit ratings, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate, and a much better monthly payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159. My name is Ann, and we're debt-free for keeps. 1-800-793-9159. Don't miss Land O'Lakes Christian School's annual open house, Sunday, January 28th, 1 to 3, at First Baptist Church of Land O'Lakes. Tour the classrooms, examine curriculum, and meet the staff. Celebrating 40 years in Christian education, Land O'Lakes Christian School is accredited by the American Association of Christian Schools, North American Christian School Accrediting Agency, and the National Council for Private School Accreditation. Classes available pre-K-3 through 12th grade. More information at lolcs.org. That's lolcs.org. 
Bill Bunkley here. It's the worst humanitarian crisis in our lifetime. Over 2 million refugees have settled in the tiny country of Lebanon. Over half of them are children, roaming tent settlements with no hope for a future. They are the innocent victims of war and terrorism. I was just in Lebanon and personally witnessed their plight. But this Christmas, you can join with our Christian brothers and sisters at Heart for Lebanon to bring them the greatest gift ever given. Please call 877-873-0190 right now. Your Christmas gift of $98 will help bring food and Christian education to 18 refugee children. That's an entire classroom of kids at Heart for Lebanon's Hope Center. Will you stand with me today in rescuing these children for Christ before someone else captures them for evil? Call now, 877-873-0190. That's 877-873-0190 or online at letstalkfaith.com. Hi, my name is Kinsley. I'm in seventh grade and I'm a student here at First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy. I've been going to the school since I was three. It's like a second home to me. Wouldn't it be nice if your child's school felt more like home? All my friends are here and this school has really made me be a more mature Christian and more mature person and has taught me how to just live a good Christian life. A place where you don't have to worry about your child being bullied. Just love and acceptance. Like, everyone's kind of just friends with each other and we're like one big happy family. First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy offers everything a quality school should and so much more. It's just such a Christ-like environment here. Your child belongs at First Baptist Brandon Christian Academy, serving from birth through eighth grade and beginning in the 2018-2019 school year, offering free VPK. You can connect at fbbca.org. That's fbbca.org. The best Christian music to brighten your day. Messages that inspire hope, life, and spiritual transformation. And a safe place for you to grow in your faith. Hey, this is Kristen Jody of Loving the Outcome. And if this sounds like something you could use, visit ChristianRadio.com. ChristianRadio.com is a place where you can find hope when it seems there is none. Now all of your favorite Christian radio stations can go with you wherever you go. Visit online at ChristianRadio.com or download the free mobile app today. If you know Alexa, you know she's quick with a joke. What starts with an E but only has a single letter in it? An envelope. Or an encouraging compliment. You always know how to find that silver lining. But best of all, you can listen to Alexa to listen to us. Welcome to Faith Talk Tampa. Just tell Alexa, enable Faith Talk Tampa skill. And boom, there you go. Welcome to Faith Talk Tampa. On air, online, and using Alexa. Faith Talk 5-7. This is the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Winter storm Ethan is hammering Maine this Christmas afternoon with heavy snow after blitzing much of the northeast with high snowfall rates accompanied by lightning. Damaging wind prompting blizzard warnings for some. As quickly as it moved in, snowfall is rapidly moving out in much of the northeast away from the snow belts in upstate New York. That heavy snow has finally turned out of southern New England where it hammered the Boston metro area. With about uh, an inch per hour this morning of snow, around 10 this morning, Boston's Logan Airport reported zero visibility, prompting a shutdown of the airport's runways. Israel's prime minister is welcoming the decision by Guatemala's president to move the Central American country's embassy in Jerusalem, or in Israel, that is, to Jerusalem. Guatemala's the first nation to follow the lead of President Trump in ordering the change. In the NBA, the final today, uh, Philly over the Knicks, 105-98. to And in NFL play, it looks like uh, Pittsburgh over Houston, 10 to nothing. 
nothing with about seven minutes left in the first SRN News. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Hello, I'm Bill Bunkley, and welcome to this special presentation of The Christmas Story. The Christmas Story is certainly a very, very special part of our lives. And between the story of Christmas and the story of Easter, it's one of those bookends that really defines a lot of who we were when we were born as children, who we are when we accept Christ, and of course, uh, our future hope. And when we talk about The Christmas Story... It is a story that actually started to be told long before the arrival of the Savior. Because the story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was, in fact, foretold. 740-plus years before Jesus was ever laid in that manger, the prophet Isaiah was prophesizing. He was speaking about the future after being inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know that in the seventh chapter, the 14th verse of Isaiah, he writes, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Imagine that. Hundreds of years before the Savior would arrive. God was always was already preparing his people. And we look further in the book of Isaiah, in the ninth chapter, the sixth verse, those familiar words, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of course, those words are so familiar today, not only in text, but in song. Isaiah goes on to write in the 53rd chapter of his book, the second and third verse, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, and of course he's speaking of Jesus, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As we hid, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. And of course those words of Isaiah go well beyond the birth But they are startling words to us as we understand how this life of the Son of God was foretold hundreds of years before his arrival and hundreds of years before he would go to the cross for you and I. And that is part of the awesomeness of this Christmas story. The prophet Daniel, About 160 years before Christ arrives on the scene, he wrote in his second chapter, the 44th verse, 
And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. We were told of the coming king, of the coming Messiah, and about his kingdom. We were told about the arrival of Jesus Christ, again, more than a hundred years before he laid in that manger in Bethlehem. So let's talk a little bit about the Christmas story. We move now to Dr. Luke, and the first chapter, we're going to pick up the story of Christmas in the 26th verse, and we're going to talk about Christ's birth announcement to Mary. Imagine how surprised Mary was, how aghast Mary was when she got the news. Remember that in Daniel, he tells us that this was the time when the Messiah was to be born, according to Daniel's prophecy. And so we know from Daniel's prophecy exactly what all of the, the wise men, all of the, of the prophets, they knew when the Messiah was going to be coming and when he was going to be coming uh, to the actual area of Bethlehem. We pick up in Luke. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin who was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I don't know about you, but I can hardly picture that moment when the angel actually manifested himself before Mary. Can you imagine what Mary was feeling? Was she hallucinating? Was she imagining all of this? No. Mary was given special grace, I believe, to understand and for these events to be unfold, to understand eventually that she was, in fact, the chosen one to be the Mary, the mother of the living God. We pick up in the text again in verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord of God and will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, I want you to remember this whole idea about being in the lineage of David and the throne of his father, David, because that's going to be very central to many of the, of the themes that we're going to see unfold very quickly in this Christmas story. Verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I do not know a man. 
Mary knew that she was a virgin. Mary knew she had not been with Joseph or any other man. Mary wanted to know how this would be. In verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Wow. What an incredible arrival for the Son of God. Can you just imagine the moving of the Holy Spirit? Can you just imagine Mary at that moment, at that space and time? First of all, to be so humbled by the fact that you are the chosen one, so worthy to carry the Son of the Most High. And then to realize this miraculous set of circumstances that was about to take place. What a magnificent, magnificent chain of events indeed. In verse 36, we read, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. And and I believe that part of that whole idea of pointing to Elizabeth being six months already pregnant in an impossible situation at her age was giving Mary that reassurance. Trust me, what I tell you is absolutely true. And and it's not going to be impossible for God to carry this out. And in a moment of humbleness, obedience, Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And at that point, the angel departed from her. Yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Yes, Lord, I will bear your son. Yes, Lord, according to your word. We now learn as we move forward in Luke 2 that Mary became obviously pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ. She's carrying Jesus. And now we're getting to the point that Jesus is about to be born. As the scripture says, the fullness of God's time had come, and the prophets had told us, had told her, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Well, they they live in Nazareth. How can this be that he will be born in Bethlehem? In Luke 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the whole idea of this census. I want to talk about how miraculous it is, how God puts together this providence, the events of time, the events of 
the world that we walk through. So that because of what would be happening with this secular census and a requirement for Joseph and Mary in the line of David to have to travel a great distance to a point where they are the registered because they are of the line of David. And that's got to take place in Bethlehem. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of This is Pastor Golden bringing you a special Christmas blessing. I want to share a passage of scripture with you just really quickly. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and following. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And this is really an amazing story for a lot of reasons. And I think if I were to say, what is this whole Christmas season? What does it make me think about? How does it make me feel when I start thinking about how Jesus came to this earth? It makes me realize that when Jesus comes to be with us, he will change our plans. And the question that I have for you today is, will you let Jesus change your plans this Christmas? First of all, it said a virgin shall conceive. Since the history of the world, a virgin had never conceived. In fact, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said, look, you are going to have a child. She said, but how's that possible? I've never known a man. I've never been intimate with a man. And the angel said, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. He changed Mary's plans. But not only did he change Mary's plans, Joseph, after he found out that she was with child, said, I am going to have to put her away. In other words, I'm going to divorce her and put her away privately so she doesn't have to go through the public humiliation and so she won't have to be stoned. But when Joseph was asleep, the angel of the Lord came and told Joseph what the plan was and interrupted Joseph's plans. 
because Joseph was going to put away his wife. The angel said, don't do that. And now Joseph has to get married. He's going to get married to this woman. And when he does, he's not even going to have the opportunity to be intimate with her until she's already had her firstborn child. He and she are going to have to live with that stigma for the rest of their lives. But you know what? When Emmanuel, when God comes to live with us, sometimes he brings a stigma. He always changes our plans. Can Jesus change your plans this Christmas? God bless. In a time that was hopeless. Mary, there's no room at the end. In a world of unforgiveness. Fine. It's okay. Grace arrived in Bethlehem. Oh, Joseph, he's coming. And love appeared with the birth of a baby boy. Christmas, celebrating the birth of our Savior. He's, he's here. Faith Talk 570. Bill Bunkley here. It's the worst humanitarian crisis in our lifetime. Over 2 million refugees have settled in the tiny country of Lebanon. Over half of them are children with no hope for a future. They are the innocent victims of war and terrorism. But this Christmas, you can join with our Christian brothers and sisters at Heart for Lebanon to bring them the greatest gift ever given. Please call 877-873-0190 or online at letstalkfaith.com. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-704-1662. 800-704-1662. That's 800-704-1662. Thank you for the amazing job you've done in moving my first book forward in the publishing process. Ludie Cotton Darnell's book, Ashley, Alex, and the Mystery Twins was published with Zulon Press. This is an exciting time for me. Have you got a book for a Christian audience? Want to control the publishing process? Your free publishing guide is at ChristianPublishing.com. I thank the Lord that Zulon Press has made it possible. Visit Zulon Press for your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Thinking about a career change? How about your dream job on the staff at a local church? At churchstaffing.com, you can find your true calling and a new career with meaning. Churchstaffing.com has listings for hundreds of jobs in churches all across the country. For pastors and worship leaders, secretaries, accountants, facilities and maintenance, graphic designers, IT specialists, and much more. Best of all, it's free. Find the ideal job for you at the perfect place. Visit churchstaffing.com. That's churchstaffing.com. Do you have a cracked or broken windshield and full coverage insurance? Do you want a new windshield at no charge and up to $100 cash back on the spot for your damaged windshield? Call Autoglass America today at 813-96-GLASS. They work for you, not your insurance company. 
96 glass, 813, 96 glass. We turn your broken glass into cold hard cash. Auto Glass America. Hi, this is Albert Nasworthy. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And as I'm thinking about this wonderful season that is Christmas, I'm thinking about what God did for me. I'm remembering the fact that God's word says that from the very foundation of the world, a lamb was slain. It was Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that I recognize in my own life that God sent his son, Jesus, and that we, on this Christmas day, we take the time to celebrate his birth. We remember the fact that God did step out of heaven so that we might have eternal life. He made a way for a world that needed a way. And when I think about that, I think about how important it is for all of us as believers in Jesus Christ to tell others. But I also know that for those that might be listening today that don't know Jesus Christ, you need to know that is the message of Christmas. That's the most important message that there is. And it's a message that is given to you this day. Christmas represents a time of remembering the birth of Jesus Christ. My memories of Christmas are fond of all those days and times when we got together as family because it's family and it's friends, but it is always about Jesus. We may have different ways that we celebrate. We may have different things that are involved in our celebration, but it's always about Jesus. And having an opportunity to share that with people is always a blessing for us as believers. So on this Christmas, let me again take this opportunity to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Welcome back to this special Christmas presentation, The Story of Christmas. I'm Bill Bunkley, and we are sharing one of the most fascinating and important stories of mankind. It is the birth of Jesus. It is the real story of Christmas that inspires so many of us. And if you're just joining us, we are are now arriving at the time where Mary is about to give birth to her precious son, Jesus. We know that the Romans have called for a census and for everyone in the Jewish world to be registered. And so now the events of her pregnancy being carried out in Nazareth, but her birth will be in Bethlehem because of the census. It's amazing to look at God's providence that ordered all of the events so that the prophecies would come true, that Mary and Joseph would travel by foot from Nazareth through Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And this order from the emperor that all of the subjects of the Roman Empire, the Jews, were eventually to be taxed, but they were really registering them so that they can identify who they are, get their names, but they're registering them according to their families, to their birth order. Now, many believe that being taxed was a secondary motive. The Romans really wanted to have an idea of all of the subjects that were under their empire. And Mary and Joseph probably, once they arrived to the, the Roman checkpoint in, in Bethlehem, 
They probably made a profession of allegiance to the Roman Empire because they were probably required to, either by some set of uh, or form of words or a testament, or maybe even a small amount of tribute in token to their allegiance to Rome. Now we pick up the story in Luke 2, the fourth verse. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now, the name of the place is significant, Bethlehem. Bethlehem signifies the house of bread, a proper place for him to be born, that being Jesus. And Jesus is also referred to as the bread of life, the bread that came down from heaven. This registration event brought them up from Nazareth to Galilee and then to Bethlehem in Judea. Now, the walk from Nazareth is about a 68-mile walk from Nazareth to Jerusalem. That's about 17 hours. And then Bethlehem is about five or six additional miles outside of Jerusalem, and, and that walk was probably a couple of hours. So we see, with Mary being with child, we see that this was a, a significant investment of their time and of their will and of their resources at this point in Mary's pregnancy to travel to Bethlehem. But they knew it had to be done. Mary knew that the child that she was carrying was in the lineage of King David. And though even though they were poor and even though they were not uh, arriving with any uh, royal status, they knew that it was important because of the royalty of this birth line that they had as a matter of pride to go to Bethlehem and to register as folks who were within the line of David. And we also believe that there's a good reason because the emperor always was concerned about the the king that was overseeing uh, Jerusalem, uh, the king that uh, was of the Jewish descent, but they were also very concerned about anyone who may want to rise up from a past line of kingship. And, of course, that's where the King David kingship comes in. And so it's probable that the emperor gave particular orders to make sure that the line of David, everyone was accounted for and everyone was registered because I believe that was a a line that they would be paying particular attention to and that the emperor would want to know the number and the strength of those who are living in that day as descendants in the line of David. Keep in mind that as they traveled, Mary was ready to give birth at any moment. Can you imagine that, ladies, traveling 68 miles, another five or six miles, not by car, not by bus, either by animal or by walking. Because if she probably would have had it her way, at that point in her pregnancy, she would have gladly had stayed in Nazareth to give birth to Jesus. But as we know, prophecy didn't allow for that. And so 
we see the story unfolding. In verse 6, we pick up the story. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her son. Jesus was born and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we talk about these swaddling clothes. Some believe they were rags because they were poor. What we really believe is swaddling clothes is what all of the young babies were were put in. So we don't know that there's any significance between the swaddling clothes because they were rejected at the inn and had to move not to the inn, but the innkeeper allowed them to move to the inn stable for them to stay in the stable because all the rooms were taken. So this Jesus miraculously was not born in a hotel room not born a birthing ward, but because of everybody was traveling because of the census, it forced them to have to stay in the stable. And of course, we know that this is part of God's miraculous plan. So here we see the the royal family, if you will, there in the stable. Jesus has been born alongside of the cows and the other animals of the stable and uh, believing him to be placed in a manger. And, of course, a manger is that stand by which the cattle usually feed in. But they were accommodated by God in these very simple surroundings. And why should it surprise us? Because as we see Jesus, as he grows up and he, he starts his ministry and the way we see many people react to Jesus today, it doesn't surprise us in the very beginning that he was not received even in an end. People rejected him of a place even to be born. So why would we think it is strange if we see the way he's treated today and to see how he was treated in the beginning? In verse 8, The text tells us, now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, this is at the point of the story where we may disappoint many of you. I know it's uh, December. I know we think of snow and Christmas and all the things that we are used to uh, attributing to Christmas. But the reality is that Jesus was probably born in the middle of summer. And the reason why we know that is the shepherds would not have been out in the fields overnight, probably in the winter. It would have been too cold. But as you know, the cattle in the summertime, they're allowed to roam the range and all of the animals, the sheep are allowed to roam the range. And so that's what we believe um, the period of time to be is summer and and not in winter because if it was winter time they would have probably had most of those animals safely secured in a barn. Now remember the shepherds are are just out in the fields. The fields are right next to Bethlehem and they're just they're just in the fields with the sheep. And in fact we still see those same fields just outside Bethlehem today. Now at night they were there to keep watch over the sheep. Uh, not only from the attack of of other animals, but also from thieves, people who would try to steal those animals. And then they're minding their own business. 
It's a quiet night. They're just doing what shepherds do. And verse 9 tells us, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Let me ask you a question. What would you do if you were tending your sheep? And in a flash, there was this heavenly angel standing before you. Now, imagine now also who this announcement was made to. The angel did not head to the temple. The angel did not announce the arrival of Jesus to the chief priest or to the elders because they would not have been able to receive Jesus. They could not, they could never understand his humble beginnings because they were already corrupted. But again, as, as the Lord went to King David, a shepherd, and this lineage has a lot in common with shepherds and shepherding and those who shepherd. The angel came to this company of very poor shepherds who were just like the forefathers Jacob. They were the plain men who were dwelling in the tents. They were not from the line of Esau, you know, the hunters, the patriarchs, the patriarchs of the day that they remembered, they were shepherds. Moses and David particularly were called from the keeping of sheep to rule God's people. We see it happen with David. We see it happen with Moses. And now we see God again using the shepherds when he calls Jesus. And this is no accident. And by this instance, God would show that he still had a favor of those of that simple breed, the shepherds. Hi, this is Albert Nasworthy, and I want to take the opportunity today to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. This is a special time of the year, and I know for me, it's my favorite time of the year. I've got fond memories of this Christmas season. And when I want to think about that, I remember all the wonderful things about family and about friends. One of the things that's important to me now in my life is making certain that I'm sharing that legacy with my kids and my grandkids so that when I'm gone, the truth of Christmas will still be there. See, my grandparents and my parents have gone home to be with the Lord. So my family now is my children and my grandchildren. But the memories that I have are bound up and the things that I remember from my father, my mother, and my grandparents, because they made Christmas a reality for me. Oh, I can remember the productions at the church. They were such a joy. I can remember being involved in different productions, even as a child. What an experience. I can always remember, though, that Christmas was an important day. Oh, we did all the things that probably most of you do. We had stockings hanging from the fireplace. We had a tree, and we would light it. We'd give gifts. We'd have mistletoe. We'd do all the things that we typically do with Christmas. But listen, those are just the ways that we go about Christmas. It isn't what Christmas is. Christmas is always about a Savior, Christ Jesus our Lord. It's always about God stepping out of heaven, stepping into our lives, 
so that we can experience him in a way we would have never, ever been able to do because of sin. God made a way when there seemed to be no way. Merry Christmas to you and yours. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Winter storm Ethan hammering Maine this Christmas with heavy snow after blitzing much of the northeast with high snowfall rates. Accompanied by lightning, damaging winds, and uh, blizzard warnings for some, upstate New York getting slammed as well. That heavy snow has finally turned out of southern New England, where it hammered Boston Metro this morning. Around 10 this morning, Boston's Logan Airport reported zero visibility, so brief shutdown of the runways. Delays across the country expected for a few days. While the airlines play catch-up, Israel's prime minister is welcoming the decision by Guatemala's president to move the Central American country's embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. Guatemala, the first nation to follow the lead of President Trump in ordering the change. Israel's Benjamin Netanyahu says he expects more countries to move their embassies. Uh, let's see, Christmas football in the NFL, Pittsburgh over Houston. Let's see, 10 zip with six minutes left in the second quarter. This is SRN News. I'm Major Soraya Jameson, deployed to the Middle East from McDill Air Force Base. I wanted to wish my family and friends Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I love you and I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Senior Angelica Figueroa from Tampa, Florida, currently deployed in the Middle East. I'd like to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Love you guys. Thankful for those who serve in partnership with Freedom Boat Club. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call the experts at creditrepair.com for your free credit evaluation and game plan to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and just had a good conversation and I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. At creditrepair.com, dreams do happen. Thanks to creditrepair.com, I will be able to have a better credit score and get that house. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation and game plan to help get back on track to great credit. Call 800-560-6317. That's 800-560-6317. 800-560-6317. Don't miss Land Lakes Christian School's annual open house, Sunday, January 28th, 1 to 3, at First Baptist Church of Land Lakes. Tour the classrooms, examine curriculum, and meet the staff. Celebrating 40 years in Christian education, Land Lakes Christian School is a Accredited by the American Association of Christian Schools, North American Christian School Accrediting Agency, and the National Council for Private School Accreditation. Classes available pre-K-3 through 12th grade. More information at LOLCS.org. That's LOLCS.org. Here's Dr. Robert Jeffress with today's Pathway Minute. You can't ignore what happened 2,000 years in Bethlehem. The facts are Jesus was born in Bethlehem of a virgin. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore that he died on the cross. You can't ignore that three days later he was raised from the dead. And after that, in 40 days, 500 people, eyewitnesses saw him. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore the fact that millions of people have given their very life for their belief that Jesus is real and he's alive today. 
You can't ignore the fact that hundreds of millions of people throughout history say that their lives have been transformed by this resurrected Jesus Christ. You can't ignore that any more than those shepherds could have ignored the angels. We have to respond to what happened 2,000 years ago. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory. To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. I want to remind you that every day from 9 to noon, Financial Issues, we're going to take your financial questions. You're going to hear about the economy. You're going to hear a little bit about politics as it relates to the economy and your ability to be a good steward of all that God has given you. Financial Issues with Dan Celia. Weekdays, 9 to noon, on our sister station, AM 1380, The Biz. This is Dr. Ralph Yankee Arnold with Bible Line Radio. And I want to take this moment to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas. I want to also give to you something that's very precious to me. And that's the greatest love story in all the world. We often hear about it at Christmas time. So the scripture I would like to share with you is found in the book of 1 John in chapter 4. And this is what he says in verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. So it tells you what he did and why he did it. It was the love of God being manifested. Christ coming into this world, born of a virgin, for the reason that he might die to pay for our sins. And as he says, that we might live through him. That means that we might live eternally with God, with him in heaven forever. He says, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That means that Christ was born that he might die. To be the way for you and I to live forever with the Lord in heaven because he became the propitiation, the satisfaction, the payment for our sins. And because of that, he makes this statement. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. This is why we must accept the Son in order to have the free gift of everlasting life. And he says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So, friend, I pray that you understand the true meaning of Christmas. Christ came to give to you the free gift of everlasting life so that you could live with him. This is Dr. Ralph Yankee Arnold from Bible Line Radio Ministries, wishing you a Merry Christmas. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome back to the story of Christmas here on WTBN as we walk you through the marvelous story of that first miracle Christmas. I'm Bill Bunkley, and we're glad that you're back with us this afternoon. 
We're picking up the story at the point where the shepherds were minding their own business in the fields, and all of a sudden, on that clear, starry night, that quiet night, an angel is appearing before them. And behold, the angel is telling the story of the arrival of the baby Jesus. And glory was all around this angel. And if you can imagine how that must have been for these shepherds to be just sitting there, their jaws must have been just dropped as they were looking upon this scene. And then in verse 10, in the second chapter of Luke, we're told, then this angel said to them, do not be afraid, because you know they were. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, where would you expect the royal announcement to, 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 to be? What would you expect that announcement to be? Maybe the angels would have said, you shall find him, though he's a babe. He's dressed up in royal robes. He's lying in the best house in town. He's lying in state, and there's a, there's a train of servants and attendants. No, he was in a livery stable. And remember that the message was no sooner delivered by one angel that can you imagine a host of angels there with the shepherds in the field? What an awesome experience. Verse 13 tells us, And suddenly there was the sound of a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. A new message, a new proclamation. A new chorus, if you will, by the angels of heaven, given to the shepherds to be the first ones to spread the word. Verse 15 tells us, so it was when the angels had then gone away from them into heaven. Can you imagine that? Just as soon as they arrived, they went back to heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go up to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they gathered themselves up, and they came with haste. And lo and behold, in the town, in the stable, and there in a the manger, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And imagine that, that moment. But also imagine maybe one or two of the shepherds, a little bit of a disbelief, not knowing if they saw a mirage, did they see the angels, did they see everything else? But I'll tell you one thing. They could relate to the simpleness. The shepherds could relate to the poverty because the poverty and the simpleness in which they found Christ the Lord, it was not a shock to their faith, for they themselves knew what it was to live a life of comfortable communion with God in very poor and mean circumstances. Now, when they had seen him, verse 17, they made it wildly known, the saying which was told them concerning this child, and those who heard it marveled at those things that were told to them by the shepherds. Can you just imagine the shepherds telling the story? 
But verse 19 sort of brings us back to the intimacy there with Mary. Verse 19 tells us, but Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Imagine Mary. Imagine Joseph. Imagine when she first laid her eyes on Jesus and then imagine that she had been called to birth this baby, the Son of God. And you you can imagine that when the shepherds were there and as they were talking, I can I can just see Mary and Joseph sharing what had happened, not only from the arrival of the, of the angel telling her that she would bear the Son of God, telling their story event, of the events, and the shepherds sharing what happened to them with the angels out in the field. All that had to be just a marvelous time of fellowship, just with the shepherds and with Mary and Joseph. And verse 20 tells us that the shepherds then returned. They went to the fields. They went back to their way of life, their simple life. They were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, and it was told to them. So the shepherds were those to begin the proclamation. Now, a second aspect of the story as we get close to the conclusion of this miraculous Christmas story, of course, has to do with the wise men. Now, before we talk about the wise men, I must I must give you another bit of possibly disappointing news. Every nativity scene that you probably see is not biblically correct. And because you see that as soon as baby Jesus was, was born, there was a star. It was a star that not only the wise men began to see, people saw this new star. Even King Herod saw this star. But the actual journey the wise men... To make their way the baby Jesus probably took a long time. And keep in mind that the wise men arrived well after the birth of Jesus. And if they saw that star at the moment of Jesus and began to speculate what that star meant, it would have taken quite a while for them to get there. And because King Herod later, fearing that this new baby Jesus was in the line of David and could be a threat to his throne. And because of the fact that he eventually ordered all the babies two years and younger to be killed, all the male babies there in Jerusalem and in Bethlehem, in the region, I should say, well, that's why we figured the wise men's arrival was sometime from the time of his birth up to about two years. So to see the wise men coming upon the nativity scene in the stable, that didn't happen. Because by the time the wise men actually appeared to worship the baby Jesus, they were now living in a home. In verse 2, and now we're we're referring to Matthew's um, reference to this, because in Matthew 2, we learn about the wise men, starting with verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he asked all of them, he inquired of all of them, where is the Christ? Where was the Christ born? And they answered the king, 
King Herod, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and in verse 6 we, tell, we, we, we read, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Imagine how concerned Herod must be at that point. The prophecy, a threat to his throne, something must be done. The people must not believe this is the new Messiah, this is the new king. I must destroy anything that has to do with this child immediately. And then we come across something in Micah that was written about 700 years before this event. In Micah 5.2, the prophet writes, But you, Bethlehem, Infratata, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are of old from everlasting. Then we pick up again in Matthew verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him, bring the word back to me, that I may come and may worship him. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east was before them. And till it came and it stood right over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasuries, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we don't know whether it was three wise men, three kings, or 30 or 50. We don't know the exact number. But we do know the valuable items were standard gifts to honor a king in the ancient world. Gold was a precious metal. Frankincense was perfume and, and, uh, or incense. And, and myrrh was an anointing oil. Also remember that gold represented his kingship. Frankincense was a symbol of his priestly role. And, and myrrh was a prefiguring of his death and embalming. In verse 12, we learn that the why that, that, that the actual wise men, they were being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, being the wise men, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, Take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I call my son. And, of course, that was prophesied about 725 years before the arrival of Christ in by the uh, prophet Hosea. And as we close the pages of the chapters of this precious Christmas story, I must ask you, 
because of all the prophecies that foretold of his birth and all the prophecies that we are now watching for his return. What keeps you by putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? He was born to live. He was destined to die for you and I. And today, he can be your Lord and Savior by simply asking him to come into your life. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.